When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the Vine Street Property Podcast. We talk with entrepreneurs about property, business, and everything in between. Providing you with a deep dive into their years of knowledge and experience to help kickstart your property journey. Welcome to another episode of the Vine Street Property Podcast. Today you'll be with me, Jack Eskin Taylor, and I'll be interviewing Aidan Patterson from Stacey Patterson Property Group. Aidan is sourcing investment properties for investors and overseas investors as well. They're also heavily involved in project management, doing lots of refurbs, lots of HMO refurbs as well. Um, today's episode will be a, a quick sort of like 30, 40 minute interview with Aidan, mainly talking about how he got started in property, uh, why he chose Wirral as an investment area and how they grew their business into project management and also sourcing for investors as well. So I, I hope you enjoy. How are you, Aidan? Yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you? How about yourself? Yeah, great, great. Thank you. It's uh, it's good to have you on. I've um, seen a lot of uh, a lot of the stuff you're doing on social media with regards to HMOs and refurbs. It's good to um, to to get you to sit down for 20, 30 minutes and pick your brain. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Should be a a good chat. Great, great. Well, um, hopefully this this episode we can bring a lot of value to anybody listening, um, any new investors or experienced investors maybe looking at HMOs or, or want a bit more um, idea of, of how to sort of tackle their next refurb and stuff. I think from what I've seen on your social media, I think that's probably where you can add the most value, if that's right, regarding HMOs and, and sort of project management as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm more than happy to go into some details on both the companies, um, you know, the investment company. We have a mixed portfolio of properties and we're also converting, you know, quite a lot of projects at the moment, which is, I would say, the majority of the conversions that we are doing for our clients at the minute on the project management side of things are HMOs. So we do know quite a lot about the conversions and the processes and some systems that you can put in place uh, to help your refurbishments go a, a little bit more streamlined. And, and to make sure that you've got everything covered from the outset um, to minimise variations, et cetera. So I can certainly share some tips from both sides of the businesses. Um, you know, if you just let me know what what, we, what route we want to go down, what we want to speak about first, and then we can, you know, I can answer as many questions and try and give as much value as I can. Yeah, yeah, okay, that, that's great. That's really good. One of the um, one of the initial things that, that, that comes to mind is obviously I'm I'm from Wallasey, so I grew up in Wallasey. Yeah. Um, no Birkenhead, and I'm now living in another part of the world. So I know the Wirral area quite well. It's quite interesting to see um, 
that you're not from the area, but if I'm right saying that you have got a lot of HMOs in the Wirral area, how did that sort of start off? Yeah, well, um, <clears throat> to be honest, at the start of my uh, property career, when I first started in 2016, um, I did want to build a, a portfolio of buy-to-let properties. Um, and I, I did look in Stoke, so I was getting quite frustrated for the first six to eight months. You know, I was constantly looking at stock in Stoke and, you know, I was doing my numbers, putting in the offers, and I, I just weren't quick enough. Like, I, you know, I, I had a job at the time, well, not a job, I had a different business that I was running at the time, which was a recovery business, so I didn't have loads of time. And, you know, it was just too difficult to get into the market. And I started looking at other areas, and I was thinking, okay, the Wirral, you know, the properties are massive for the, for the, for the, for the price that I was paying. And I was, I was even trying to find buy-to-lets in the Wirral, but I was finding it difficult and, you know, I was confident with a building trade anyway. My builder's background used to be a you know, qualified bricklayer and I've been a slinger banksman, so I've seen the process from start to finish on big schemes. And yeah. I was just thinking, like, you know, I know it's the wrong way that a lot of people teach you, you know, you should go into um, buy-to-lets first and, you know, pyramid, get a strong base and work your way up to HMOs and then bigger developments, et cetera. But um, I just found it easier to find HMO deals. So I was finding, you know, I was finding properties what were suitable to be converted to HMOs. And, you know, the price point was right. So, for example, the first property we bought was 85K um, for a four-bed terrace property, what we could convert into a six-bedroom HMO, six ensuite bathrooms. And I was thinking, you know, if I was to invest where I'm currently living at the moment in Stockport, you know, a four-bed property, you're looking at 200K minimum. That's where it's, you know, for the really sort of lower ends of Stockport. So I don't really want to be, you know, and you would probably get £50 a month extra where I'm from. So I thought it's worth travelling that hour down the motorway, you know, yeah. to get these, in my opinion, really cheap properties, what you can get quite a lot out of. So it weren't just the area, it was the fact that the build the, the properties in the area were suitable to convert H to HMOs a lot lot more than they were in the other areas that I was looking. And you know, the return on your bedrooms, you know, you're still getting a good good four hundred and ten pounds, four thirty, four thirty a month if you've got good rooms. Um so, you know, that's what drove that's what made me come to the Wirral really to start investing. And then once we done one deal, obviously we had a builders team there and then we thought, right, we may as well do another deal. And then it just, it went from there, really. Then we picked up some buy-to-lets as well because, you know, once you start getting momentum, deals start popping across your desk and you think, you know, we've got access to funds here. We may as well buy this buy-to-let. So we started buying some buy-to-lets around the area and then we started buying some mix. You know, we, everyone wants to try and do that next deal what's a little bit bigger and a, a little bit better and a bit of a better return. So we started looking at some shops Shops with tops in the area, so we've got a few commercial buildings or mixed-use buildings where we've converted the uppers into uh, HMOs, and we've we've either split the shops into like a flat and a shop, or we've we've got one where we've got two tenants working out of the same shop, so we get you know we're getting above market rent on that one because we've actually got two tenants you know working out of the same same unit. So that's what drove me to the Wirral, really. Um, the fact that the properties were so, so suitable to be doing the strategy that I wanted to do when I first started out. Great, great. If, if you don't mind me asking, I think I might have seen your posting before. Have you got the um, the the corner plot at really, really central Liscard near near the shop? So I don't know what the road. I don't know what that road. Yeah. Is. Um, so it is <clears throat> that property is actually um, so it's got two addresses. We bought that one from auction off the council. 
Um, and that is Latham Avenue on... Liscard Road is the main road, then it leads on to Latham Avenue. So we've got one yeah. address on Latham Avenue and then we've got one address on Liscard Road. So that was a commercial property. In fact, that was on Holmes and the Hammers. So that was the one we was on there. Holmes and the Hammers. So that was oh, quite an interesting um, experience. Nice. Was that recently or how long ago was that? Um, it was on, it's been on TV quite a lot, to be honest. They must be running out of stuff to play because they've repeated <laughs> it a good three, four times. I keep getting people phoning me, oh, you're on TV again, sort of thing. So <laughs> I think the first time it was aired, it would have been about probably January, January something this year, maybe, yeah, January, something like that. And then it's been aired a few times since then. Nice. Okay. Okay. Great. So yeah, I, I was I was just curious when you mentioned before um, about your bricklaying and, and your slinger and your slinger banksman as well. I, I used to be a slinger. I was um, started off piling in London as well. Um, how long did you do that for, and what were you doing? Right. So it's uh, I could probably waffle on for quite a long time with this story, <laughs> but I'll try and keep it as short as I can. Um, I used to work for a timber frame company, basically constructing buildings out of timber frame. Um, and it was cheaper for that company to put me through. So this was building a, a big travel lodge next to Trainsways Prison in Manchester Town Centre. Yeah. Um, and obviously, timber frame construction, you need a lot of crane hires. So it was cheaper for my boss at the time to put me through. I was actually the crane. I was the slinger banksman, but I was also the crane driver. But it was it was a crane where you have the remote control around your waist, not where you sat at the top of the crane. Oh, yeah. So yeah. he put me through that. And then... From there, I just, I just instead of doing the driving, I went on to work on other sites. This company kept me on. Um, it was quite a large company, and they were just sending me around to other sites where they did actually have the driver. And from then on, I was just doing the slinging, so putting the scaffolding poles, putting the cabins, you know, lifting the timber up, all that sort of stuff. I was in control of, of um, you know, strapping it up safely, etc. And then they'd lift that onto the site. So that's where I got the the experience from seeing the sites from the very start to the very finish because I was first on lifting the contains what will, would be the site office etc on, on onto the gravel at the very first you know the very first day on site till yeah. you know the very end when they're, they're taking the scaffolding down they're lifting the cabins off so I got to see the, uh, the, the sites from the very start to the very finish and I started to start thinking you know, this is really interesting me. I did go into another business after that, but I won't go into too much detail because it'll bore everyone. But that was when I first started getting interested in feeling like, you know, I like to see these these things getting converted. And obviously I knew there was good money to be made from it. And I was thinking, you know, maybe it was something I could get into one day, but I didn't know much about it in the industry. Or I didn't have any, I'd never seen a video of someone saying, oh, I've just bought this property and all this stuff. That weren't, you know, I weren't around them people at the time. Um so I ended up doing another business, which took me away from that vision for about three, four years, but then started to think about it again. And that's when I actually took out some training, you know, got educated a little bit and, and started buying stuff for myself, really. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I fully understand that, that feeling of being on site. Um, I, I did piling for a while, so it was mainly just sort of obviously the initial groundworks um, before construction started, but after that, I did a couple of jobs um, where I was just working with a tower crane. Like I was on a job in Salford, and I remember when we put, we were doing like precast concrete um, slabs. And I remember when we put, when we did the last one, there was a couple of developers up on the roof, and we had like a little little meeting when we put the last slab on. Um, and a couple of guys there, all suited and booted on on site, and they and they were all mates talking. Like, do you remember the days when we were on site? 
and it proper inspired me. Like I thought they've yeah. been on site and they've obviously just worked their way up over the years and now they're developing themselves. It, it was crazy for me to think that they used to be on site. I was like, obviously it's possible. Um, yeah. They've obviously worked their way up like that. Really, really impressed me. Really, I was didn't expect for them to, you know, speak about working on site themselves all those years ago. Like, yeah, I mean, what one thing that I would say what might add value to anyone listening here is, you know, I was one of the people who who didn't really believe it was possible. You know, I, I was even though I'd committed to pay for, you know, education, etc. I always had a doubt in my mind, and I feel like the turning point is. What you know, if you are one of the people who are struggling to uh, believe in yourself and, and think that you you know it's not possible, you need to be networking with people who are doing them things. And that you know what clicked in my head is actually when I was networking and seeing the people that are doing the things I want to be doing is actually they're, they're quite usual people. There's nothing spectacular about them. They're not uh, ultra brainy, and you know, yeah. it just made me made it t- tweak in my head that actually these guys are doing it and it gave me more confidence and I started believing in myself and once you believe in yourself there's no stopping you from that point you're so active on social media me, me and my business partner Joe spoke about it a couple of times we like you're so consistent on posting and the stuff you, you post is relevant and it's interesting it's it's amazing how, how consistent you've been to be honest me and Joe are, are always speaking about about yourself I admire you for that very much. It's hard to be, you know, put your face on the camera and be that consistent and document everything. Like, it's impressive. It really is. Yeah, well, I mean, at the very start, you know, I was really worried about posting. I was uh, holding myself back, not pushing myself out of my comfort zone, thinking, you know, and I, and I know that I could do a lot more on social media and I could do a lot more in in other places. But, you know, I feel like, once you you push yourself out of that comfort zone, so, you know, I, I was doing videos and I was finding that actually I'm getting a lot of traction from this. I'm getting people who want to find out more about what I'm doing, find out more about the investment that I'm, I'm working on, uh, find out, can I find them an investment or can they work with me in any way? And that, you know, once you start seeing results and you, you know, you've pushed yourself out of that comfort zone, your comfort zone then becomes a little bit bigger. And you do it even more. You might do a live video at that point. And you just feel like, you know, I'm going to continue to do this and, and, and help people grow their businesses whilst I can also grow my own. Um, so I you know, highly recommend be active on all social media platforms if you can. And if you don't like doing videos, you can do pictures, you can do statuses, you can do, you know, there's all sorts of things to build traction. Um, but I feel like it's a massive part of today's business. And if you're not utilising it, I feel like you're, you're sort of missing out on a lot of opportunities. Yeah. No, definitely. How 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 social media, um, like what sort of part is that playing in your business with regards to like raising finance, um, selling investment opportunities? Is it, is it playing a big role? Is it is it where most of your business comes from? What what's it like? Um, I, I would say a massive, massive role. Yeah, I mean, I would say the investment. I, I I couldn't say it directly comes from social media, but what I can say is the first place that someone is going to go to check you out is, is probably not your website anymore. It's probably your, your personal Facebook profile, your Instagram, your your LinkedIn account. Um, you know, when I used to meet people at networking events, they would, I would tell them the stuff that we're doing uh, and they would back it up by adding me on Facebook and making sure that actually, is he actually doing what he says he's doing? Um, and I think it helped, you know, it, it it shows people that you, you you know you are doing what you say you are, and they can verify what it is that you're doing over 
you know, a lot, you know, people also, it gets that feel like, you know, you know, you know them already. They know, like you and trust you before you've, you know, made contact with them. So you're showing your personality over a, over a, over a period of time and people sometimes make the decision that they want to work with you before you've actually met them. So, you know, all I can say that for me, it has definitely, definitely catapulted our business. Um, you know, it's got us to where we needed to be a lot quicker than it would have without social media. Like, I'm not saying it can't be done without that because you can certainly do it without social media. But for me, if I can put one video out there to, to reach 200 people, uh, you know, there's a lot more chances that we're going to be doing business together than it is if I go to um, meet one person and have a coffee with them in a coffee shop sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of the stuff that you post on social media is um, is sort of around project management. How was that the original plan for Stacey Patterson? Was like that? Was that always when you started doing the refurbs and 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 for specifically, I see a lot of HMO um, refurb management that you're doing project management. Sorry, um, was that always the original idea, or did that just sort of grow as as you got heavily invested in them yourself? Um, so that wasn't really a, an original idea and neither was the sourcing company. Um, my idea was just to invest. When I first started out in property, my idea was just to invest in property and, and, and buy, you know, buy stock. Um, a little bit of advice that I would probably have, which I feel is relevant right now is, you know, I was obsessed with keeping as much stock as I could. I wanted to hold property. So I was buying stuff with JV partners. I was raising finance, buying properties and I weren't thinking of selling anything. Um, and I feel like that held me back a little bit because, you know, I was after into joint venture properties because if there was a little bit of money left in, I'd have to do a JV because I didn't have the money to leave in. Whereas, you know, one of the first five properties that we bought, I think it was the fourth property, you know, we bought it for 150. We, we spent 65, 70 on it. So it was all in for like 220. And I could have sold it for 310 and made, you know, a substantial amount of money. I could have put that profit, 90K, into, you know, three developments and then, you know, you know catapulted and, and got further that way. But we didn't. So I sort of started to think to myself, look, property is great. We're earning okay money. But to be honest, it was too slow for me. Like, um, it's like you say, it's, 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 it's not get rich quick in property. It's, it's over a long period of time. So I was thinking, what can we do now to be creating, you know, surplus funds that we can be putting into our own deals or, you know, creating our own unsecured funds. So when we can get into these bigger developments, we've got big, big pots of cash that we can, you know, deploy into plots that we can then utilize development finance. So I'm going a bit off here, but the, the answer right. is it wasn't really a plan from the start, but we started doing HMOs and people wanted us to source them for them. And then they said, oh, you've got a build team in place. We're based in London. Can you do that? So we did it for a couple of clients. And then we thought we wasn't doing it really as, as a business. We were doing it as, you know, you don't really have any contacts. We'll do the project management for you. We'll charge you a sourcing fee. We'll charge you a project management fee. But now I feel like what we've done this year is, we, we thought to ourselves, look, there's a real market for this. People are struggling to convert these buildings because they don't really have the knowledge to do so, but they've got yeah. all the other skill sets that they need. They can find the site, they can find the money, but the bit in the middle they're struggling with. So why don't we create a, a service that can meet all them needs? What can, and, and, and I strongly believe what I've done is we've worked on trying to give the best service 
just so that it generally sells itself. And I, I believe that we save clients who we work with the fee that we charge on, on, on the majority of the jobs just from the processes and systems that we've got in place. Nothing gets missed. Everything gets checked from the outset. I'm not talking on like the smaller jobs, but the bigger HMOs where there's a lot more to deal with, like, you know, your specs, your basement conversions, your, your, your damp proof guarantees, your um, underpinning uh, and all that sort of stuff, insurance back guarantees, which we know to ask for at the very start. Um, you know, I just thought there was a great service to provide for a lot of people who, who don't enjoy the process. And yeah. it just ended up being a, a business. And it just it, it happens that, you know, if we source deals on generally, the clients are, you know, we're doing we've got seven properties on, on the minute that we're converting. And two of them properties are for clients who are based in Hong Kong. So, you yeah. know, they want the full hands off service. So, we, you know, these. There's just no one out there offering my service. If I'm going to be completely honest, that's that's the way I feel, uh, and and I feel that our service is only going to improve. It's going to get much better. Uh, we, you know, there's a lot of people doing it how we used to do it, where it's it's you know I feel like many people are doing project management. They're not classing it as a business, whereas now we class it as a full business, and it's treated like its own business, mm-hmm. and and you know it's it, it's it's going well at the moment, and we're just going to be looking to, you know increase what we're doing, make it better, systemize stuff, get the right processes in place. And say in 12 months from now, you know, it will be, I feel it'll be the best products on the market. If I'm going to be completely honest on the refurb scale of 60 to 200 K, something like that, you know, I feel like there's no one else offering the service that we're offering. Nice. Very nice. So does the refurb, uh, the project management take up most of your day-to-day time then? Is that like, Um, I would say that it takes up, it would take up, it depends what we're doing at the moment. We've got seven jobs on. Yeah. So we've got, it, it, it takes a full day really, a full day, you know, to do your site visits, uh, to do one or two site visits. You, it, it depends where your sites are, but I've got two in Wallace, which is a seven bed HMO and a six bed HMO. So I can get the site, I can get the site visits done in the same day, but I can't do all the reporting. Uh, and and the reports and all the rest of it. So I would say at the moment it's taking a lot of my time, probably three, maybe four days. And then my business partner works on stuff in the background. It's probably taking three days of his. But then we've got what we're looking to do is we want to make sure the business is running as smoothly as possible because it's quite new. The business we you know we opened it. It's been running for like since January, but then we had lockdown, etc. So. Um, what we're looking to do is basically we're working on it. We're getting all the systems, all the processes in place, and then we're bringing in external help. So we'll, we'll slowly start moving our way out of the business whilst we're scaling it, bringing in more work. I'll still keep an eye on, on people and what they're doing, but we'll probably bring someone in if I'm going to be completely honest, who's a lot more qualified than me as well. So I can understand it. It's a people's business, you know, property people trust me. And that's why they want to give us the conversions. Um, and I can, I always think on the other side of the, you know, what's the, the, the client thinking if I say, oh, well, you know, I'm moving away from site with this. It's now going to be this guy. They're going to have concerns. Or I'm used to working with Aiden. I know the way he works. I know he knows what he's doing. I know what he's looking, you know, he's looking out for. Yeah. So to squash the concerns there, we'll probably bring someone in who's got, you know, a lot of experience. So, you know, yeah. we're just going to be just hopefully like the project, like the, the, the investment company we're looking to grow and create the best service and, and, and keep going and, and offer good value. I feel that that's what I concentrate on the most. I want to give the best value. So the customers just keep coming back and keep coming back. We don't need to go out there and find new customers because 
you know, once you're working with busy investors, they're doing two, three jobs a year. You only need three, four investors, you know, and, and you capacity, you can't take any workload on without taking anyone else on external. So, yeah. you know, I'm at a, at a place now where we need to bring people in to help out if we wanted to take more jobs. I'm like, we're booking in jobs now for February at March next year. Um, we could take on maybe a small job in Wallasey at the minute because we've got builders in the area, but we wouldn't be taking on. If someone asked me, do you want to take on a 10 bed, um, you know, somewhere where I've not got builders placed at the moment, I'd say no, because I can't be doing, you know, I've not got, I've not got the setup right now to be scaling that big. So yeah. we're just in small stage at the minute. And I feel like, uh, you know, June next year, we're going to grow stage once we've refined all the systems and, and we've got everything in place and we've, you know, We've delivered £1.6 million worth of projects since we started. So we've nice. done quite a lot of stuff. You know, we're working on seven jobs at the minute with the, the contract values, are, 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 you know, ranging from 70K. Well, actually, one job we're doing is about six grand, actually. That's on a, a property that we sourced um, with a circle contract attached to it. So, but other than that, that was because we sourced it on. We wouldn't really take something on like that. Um, yeah. But we, you know, we're doing 240k builds, which is two eight beds. We're doing a, a one in Chester, which is 150k. One in Berry, which is a seven bed of a basement conversion, which is 125, 130k. So we, you know, we are doing volume, and we, you know, we we're doing. You know, they'll shortly be coming out. You'll see on the Facebook and Instagram that we'll be we're finishing projects off soon. So we're doing a lot of marketing around them projects finishing as well under this new new brand but we were doing project management from the start we just weren't promoting it because we didn't really see it as something that we want to do but i see it as a gap in the market where people need help and we can give the value to get that help to them so you know it's a win-win yeah no, that, that sounds great i think it would be great i'd love to hear a bit about one of your um one of your specific um, projects you know one of your hmo deals if would you be able to run us through one of them would that be possible yeah i mean um just the figures and the, and the sort of the, the structure and, and, and how you and how you did it, how you sourced it. Structure. Okay, well, yeah. the structure, I've sort of give you the figures on this deal already, but what I'll do is I feel like this gives value and, and advice to people as well because the second, yeah, so we, I don't know if you know about the property we own on Rate Lane. Uh, no, but I know Rate Lane. Okay, so in Rate Lane, we own, um, it's uh, Streets Ahead Barbers, it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, um, we was new getting into property, you know, we was getting into it and we, we'd done one deal, no, two deals previously. And we didn't, you know, we're sort of running out of options when you're doing your first couple of deals. Well, when I was doing my first couple, you know, the first people I was asking for money are the people close to me, like my family, my, you know, people who, they, they trust me. I wouldn't class them as proper, you know, investors or class them as people with a little bit of the money in the bank and they want, want me to do well. So they're, they're willing to help me out. Yeah. Um, and now the, the level of investors we're working with now are people who are doing it you know, like SAS fund investors and people who they, they, they need to deploy the funds or they feel like they're losing out. Whereas, so we was getting, you know, we, we had a deal and we had no options for finance, right? So we thought this, we'll have to JV it. So we ended up doing a JV with one of my, one of my friends, somebody my friend introduced me into. And the, what we agreed between us, which I'd advised people not to do, and we, we did agree to it. We agreed to do a joint venture where we the, the investor would get 50% cash flow and 50% equity. But if there was any money left in the deal, then they would receive all the cash flow until they've had all the money back. And then we would start receiving our cash flow. So we was like, you know, it's 
It's not the best. It's not the worst. But let's just do the deal because we, we you know, we're deal hungry at this point. We're just getting into it, and we're like, it's the only way we can get the deal done. Let's do it. So we ended up doing that deal, and obviously I was driving to the Wirral project, managing it all the way through, and I, you know, I was sort of thinking like, if we don't get all the money out of this deal, we did, we did. We thought there'd be about 20, 30K left in the deal, right? So we were thinking, you know, it's going to be a bit a bit of a while before we get our funds, but let, let's just see how it goes. And, uh, you know, I was getting sort of, not annoyed because I've agreed to this, but I was thinking, why have I agreed to do this? I should have, I would have rather have not done the deal, if I'm going to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, you know, because I was thinking that I could be doing all this work, spending money on diesel, driving, you know, spending all this time. And, and if this valuation comes in lower and it's maybe 50K left in or anything like that, I'm going to be working for a long time before I've even got any money. Yeah. Um, so it it's started to make me feel like I'd made the wrong decision. But, but anyway, we got the valuation. It was a good deal. I think they ended up to be like seven grand left in. Nice. Um, so, you know, it was a great deal for us. And obviously we had chats with a business partner and, and we said, look, you know, I don't think you could have got your money to work anywhere near as hard as it, if we've made it work. You know, can we f- change the agreement? I know we've, we've made an agreement and I'll honour it. If you want to stick to that agreement, I will honour it because I've, I've, you know, gone into this with you and, and that's the agreement we had. But I would, I'd like it if you'd consider to change it so we can split the cash flow from now. And the guy was like, you know, more than happy. I can't actually believe, you know, what you said you would do, you've actually delivered sort of thing. So, you know, he, he's still our business partner today. We've still got that property. Um, you know, he's had his money back plus way more now. And, you know, we could potentially do some more business with him in, in the future. But, yeah, you know, I'd say don't, if anyone's been offered that, you know, probably try and stay clear of it. Because if he would have stuck to that and we would have got a bad valuation, I would have wished I didn't do that deal at all, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the one what we bought for 150, spent 65, 70 on it, got it valued at 310, but they wanted to to, to lend on vacant possession, which was like 285. So um, so we took that anyway, and it was still like seven grand left in. So it was a great deal. Um, and that that's one of the, well, that's a mixed use building actually. So that was a HMO with a shop on the ground floor, which is a barber's. Um, yeah. Done a couple of other HMOs in the area. Not too sure if you want me to, to go into more details on, on any other deals that we've done. What What's um, lending on vacant possession, what you just said then with the lower valuation? Could you explain what that is? Yeah, so what they wanted to do is lend on it as if the shop had no tenant, but it did. Okay. So basically it's just where, well, this is around when Brexit was, uh, everyone was talking about Brexit and, you know, all this stuff and, you know, like the media do. And, um, you know, the lenders actually comment about on that in the, the values report. So they were just saying, like, they don't really want to take into consideration that we have actually got a tenant in the shop. Um, you know, they want to lend on the on the, on the the value as if, they, if, you know, they look at it as risk, don't they? So if they want a fire sale, you know, what do yeah. they feel after with lending against the property? But we was happy with it. You know, we was happy with, with 285, you know, seven grand left in. I was more than happy with that anyway. Yeah. Um, so I didn't. We didn't even argue it. To be honest, you know, we was happy with it. And that that was a great deal to go over. It's it's really interesting to um 
to hear all the figures on it. I'd like to hear a bit more about the like the source and the investment side of your, of your business as well. I've seen you post a few sort of um, projects that I know locally and you know, I know them streets as well. So it's really interesting for me to see where you're operating. It's very close to home. Could you talk a bit more about about that side of the business and what, what, the, what the aim is and what the goals are? Yeah, I mean, again, that's another business which um, we never intended to start, but we was finding deals and we couldn't find the money. You know, at, at the start, I feel like you, it's difficult to find the, the, the funds to match the deals because you haven't got that many contacts. Um, whereas now I see it as the other way around. Like I feel like the, the, the deals are power and the funds are everywhere. Um, but so I suppose we were finding deals and we couldn't raise the finance. So we were just sourcing them onto investors. And, uh, you know, we thought, let's actually make this into another business as well, because it works hand in hand with the project management business. We may as well scale this up and, and, and go from there. So I'd say that was fairly recent as well. This, you know, this year, back end of last year, yeah. we started thinking, right, we'll do more. Obviously, you, I don't know if you're viewing that, you're actively viewing properties at the minute, but you know what the market's like. It's crazy. Like, it's absolutely yeah. crazy. So for my criteria, my criteria is quite, I would say, high because of my position. I'm not a millionaire. I haven't got loads of cash to dump in loads of properties and leave money sat there. I'm utilising other people's money. I need to pull the majority of it out of deals to pay them back to keep the property for myself. Yeah. So, you know, I can't be buying properties at 15% ROI. But that's not to say that that doesn't work for anyone else. You know, I know loads of people who are more than happy with 15% ROI, Hong Kong-based investors, people who are in London, people who you can attach a, a blue-chip tenant to that property on a 7- to 10-year lease. That is attractive to them. So, yeah. you know, we thought what we'll do is we'll secure deals at around 15% ROI. We'll build our database to match what we're offering. So I wouldn't overpromise. You know, I tell people, look, this is what we get. And if you want to buy at them sort of, um, returns then I can find your deals if your criteria is uh, higher than that and sorry you know it's not going to be for us if I find anything uh, a lot higher than that it's going to be kept for, for myself to be honest so you know as long as we you know we target the right sort of client then I'm planning to scale that to do you know we've been we completed on two last month we've reserved two this month um, we pl I plan to be doing three to five completions a month from, you know, the start of next year. At the minute we're doing like two to two to three or, or sometimes one, but I want to scale that to get to three to five. And then I also want to, I've been chatting with a guy today, you know, about maybe doing some portfolio sourcing because I've got a list of, um, I've got a list of portfolios that I need to, well, this guy said he's looking for in these areas, they're new builds or apartments. So, you know, I'm interested in trying to source some of that stuff as well for them guys. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. That's very interesting. It seems like a lot of these arms of the business are, are working very well together. They sort of sort of fit in together and, and complement each other, don't they? Yeah, and I think that's part of why we, you know, we, we thought we'd do it because, you know, if we're going to go out there and find this deal and it's going to take us a, a lot of effort and then this person who needs it, Sometimes a person won't source the deal from you if you can't deliver the refurb. So, you know, you, you sort of have in your client base if you don't have that sort of tool in your toolbox. So, you know, we just yeah. thought what we'll do is we'll, we'll 
we'll offer the full turnkey solution. It opens the doors to working with overseas investors and, and not just that, it opens the door to meeting many people. Some of our sourcing clients have turned into potential JV partners, potential angel funders, because you'll be crazy the amount of people you meet once you find out actually how much money there is out there. You know, people are willing to spend and people want to scale up quick. Like we're working with some clients who... Um, they, they want to do bucket list type of stuff and travel the world and they want us to build portfolios for them. You know, they don't have the time to, they don't want, they don't have the need and they don't have the time to build this portfolio from themselves. They want someone else to build it. They want it to be hands off and they want to be living the life. Yeah. So that's how we, uh, you know, all, all three businesses do really work well together. Nothing goes to waste. You know, if, if we view properties, that was a, th a thing that we picked up as well. We were viewing properties and we was offering to 50% ROI. You know, we've done the hard work here. We've viewed the property. We've made the offer. We know the refurb price. They're not going to accept it. Do we just walk away from that? Or do we choose to sell that to someone who is happy with a 15, 20% ROI, yeah. you know, and, 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 and make some cash for ourselves and, and give someone else good value because they can't find that without us. Nice. Nice. So really that's how it all works, really. Yeah, making the most out of your time there as well, aren't you? Yeah, just efficiency and time management. Um, you know, because I was wasting a lot of a lot of time because we were doing a lot of viewings and offering, and then not choosing to do anything with that information once the the offer got rejected. You know, we might phone back a month later and, and do our reoffer at the same price because we we can't literally afford to leave any more money in, and then you know, the answer would still be the same. Whereas if you up your offers to 20% ROI, 15% ROI, you know, if you can get them offers accepted and you've got buyers in your database ready to buy them, it's a win-win. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, um, it's very clever what you've done. Um, it's very impressive. I, I like I like to see your updates and see how the business is growing as well. You definitely, you definitely want to watch, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Well, you know, sometimes as well, I think no one's watching on their social media, but you, are, you always get these little nuggets where you can find out that, you know, some people message you, oh, I'm interested in investing. And you thought, you know, I've never seen you um, interact with any of my stuff, but it just goes to show that, you know, people are out there listening and watching. And the more yeah. people that see what you're doing, you know, the more people that ultimately you're going to put your businesses in front of and, and, and do some business together, create win-wins. That's what I look to do, just create win-wins and, and, you know, give the best service I can where possible. Yeah, no, that, that, that sounds great, Ethan. It would be, um, it's been a great podcast. I'd love to have you, um, love to have you on again in the future as well, you know, maybe a year or two years down the line. Just the development on. So uh, I know this, I've got quite a lot of learnings coming out. That's a great two listed building. But if you want to set one up for in about six, 12 months' time, maybe we can discuss on how things have gone with the businesses and how things went with the development, et cetera. Yeah, I, I work in Chester. Where, whereabouts is it? Is it city centre? I think I've City seen centre, it. Yeah, Bridge, Bridge Street. So it's top location. Yeah. Very, very, very good location. Nice, nice. That'll be very interesting to see how that one comes along. Is that um, mixed use, the shop with the with, with the resi above? Yeah, so that again is a, is another barbers. I don't try to buy barbers <laughs> all the time, but um, they just tend to be good good properties. So that's a barbers with an office above, and we're converting the office into three apartments. One's uh, two two beds and one one bed. Um, we were thinking about doing them as SA as the exit. Still, still can do. Uh, the exits are strong, but, you know, I've had a really good offer on the units um, to be sold off plan. So we're, we're looking into that at the moment and I feel like we're going to go with it because it's going to give us quite a substantial amount of profit, which will then be able to, you know, 
Um, fast forward us into doing other strategies that we're interested in. We'll have a, a large pot of our own cash we can put down on properties unsecured, utilise it with first charge lending, etc. So, you know, we might just choose to do that and then we'll see where we go from there. Just let us know when, when, when you'll be up for that and you've and, and it's complete and, and we'll do that 100%. Yep, no worries. What I'll do is I'll just tell people on my websites if you don't, if you don't mind. So if people yeah, listening and they want to check us out, uh, they can have a look on there. So we've got the investment website is stacypatterson.co.uk. The project management is stacypattersonpm.co.uk. My Instagram is Aiden Patterson Property and Aiden Patterson on Facebook. So if anyone wants to reach out to me or follow me on there to get some tips on converting projects, etc., please feel free to do that. Great. That, that's, that's been amazing. Aiden, thanks very much for coming on. Much appreciated. Yeah, thanks for having me. No worries. Great. All right. Speak soon. Cheers, Aiden. All right. Cheers, mate. See you in a bit. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye. We talk with entrepreneurs about property, business, and everything in between, providing you with a deep dive into their years of knowledge and experience to help kickstart your property journey. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.